Hi, I'm Alan Fleming, and you're listening to Glory Days of Gold. Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better. All conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 I was just a boy I knew I'd have to wait those broken dreams and what might have been at that stadium by the shore But those glory days of gold might return once more Hello, hello, how do you do? We are the boys from New Bayview and we're back with another episode of Glory Days of Gold, your East Fife and Lowland League podcast. Oh, sorry, just reading next year's script there. Uh, yeah, Scottish Football Podcast. Football League, not non-league. Football League. Fingers crossed for some reconstruction next year. Anyway, I am Michael McCall. I'm Lee Gillis. I'm Gordon Henderson. I'm Aaron Anderson. And we've a lot to talk about. We've not been able to bring you a show for the last couple of weeks just various commitments have stopped us doing it, but I think it's got to the stage now after five games of the season that we had to to get something out. Lot to talk about. East Fife's promotion hopes crumbling faster than an English school. By the looks of things, we'll get into all of that. We'll talk about the most recent game against Dumbarton. We'll talk about fun things like the new strip that a lot of folk don't like because it's orange. And, um, I don't know, we'll try and get some joy. But before we get into any of that, let's just hear a little bit from this episode's sponsors. We are Maze Mortgages. We're Fife-based mortgage and protection specialists. Our aim is to provide our clients with high-quality, personal and friendly service. Our advisors have over 25 years of industry experience and have an outstanding record for sourcing our clients the products that suit their needs. Where we're different, though, Unlike many other brokers, from start to finish, we won't charge you a penny. Just send us a message via Facebook to find out more. Thanks as always to Maze Mortgages for their continued support of the podcast. They support us, they support East Fife, go and support them. And of course, thanks to everyone else that donated over this summer to help us get these shows up and running this year. But yet we're back to talk East Fife. On the back of another defeat. Okay, so we've got two people in, in person that were there. The reason I'm asking that is just for, for Greg's comments afterwards where he made a big thing about the people that were here will see what happened with the team. So obviously, Aaron and me, doesn't matter, we weren't there. So, I mean, you two guys were there. I, I watched the highlights and, I mean, we looked world beaters in those highlights, dominated the game, hardly give Dumbarton a, a chance. Is that how things played out, Lee? We were a bit aside over the course. Um, but, look, you can have all the impressive stats that you want, but it's, it's results that matter. Um, again, 
they just don't seem to be testing the keeper enough. Um, I raised this concern in our group chat a few weeks ago. I just I wondered where our creativity in the middle of the park was going to be because don't get me wrong, Trouton's a good player, but he doesn't seem to be playing those decisive passes just now. Um, Brogan Walls isn't playing those passes. Conor McManus isn't playing those passes. Kid Miller's not playing those passes. And it's kind of been the story of our season so far. Um, but, but over the course, I thought we were the better side than Dumbarton, but there's only one stat that matters, right? Gordon, looking at it, fast start. Troughton hits the, the post in the first minute. Beautiful ball in from Healy. But the highlights did make it look like we didn't just deserve a point from the game. We deserved all three. Yeah, I think the highlights do make us look very, very dominant. I think the reality was not, we weren't quite as dominant as that, but I do agree with Lee. I think we were the better team. I think we probably, I mean, if you're looking at getting into dangerous positions or, you know, maybe not testing the keeper, but it's a chance to make a chance. I think we were well ahead of Dumbarton. Um, And I think, you know, it was, there are obviously problems and there are obviously problems scoring goals, but, as a 90 minutes, it did feel um, like it was pretty hard luck on us to, to lose that game. I don't think we deserve to. Do um, we have XG stats in Scottish League 2? I don't, I don't think it would matter because I still don't think that we're creating clear-cut chances. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? I think that the chances that we create, I don't even know if you could call them half chances, and I don't just mean against them batting, I mean across the course of the season. I mean, don't get me wrong, Fash has missed a, a couple of you know, pretty glaring opportunities, which isn't like him, of course, or the, the fash of old. But we just seem quite pedestrian, like quite happy to pass the ball from from side to side, which is great. But I mean, we're not, you know, we're not putting a lot of chances in the box. Like I would say, we get into a good position, and then you know, our winger will cannon it off our defender. Where you know if you manage to get the cross in, then you create a clear cut opportunity, or we'll get the ball in the box, and there's nobody there to get on the end of it. So it's really flattened to deceive a lot of the time. Um, I, I'm I'm starting to get to the stage where I'm I'm really worried um, where the goals are going to come from. Yeah, Aaron, it's five games in to the league season. How concerned are you at this point? It's still early. It's early, but I would certainly say that my Pre-season predictions of us, playoff minimum, certainly look dubious based upon how we're doing. I think what you need to remember as well is there has to be some context behind things as well. So we look at the cup that we were in and we picked up some good results. However, the 2-0-0 were gave up possession of the ball against two sides that are better than us. Leagues above us, we sat, we sat in. It's easy, it's easy to sit in against teams, isn't it? It's easy to sit in, be organised, and make them break you down. But what's happened is we're going into the season now against teams who are more on our level. Teams like Elgin, who let's have it right, we should be beating home and away. Like let's not paper over the cracks here. That should be three points, especially after we played them in the cup. If you told me in that cup game we'd go to Elgin, and for a better term, snatch a one-one after being one goal down, I'd be disappointed. But what's happened is we're going into these games now and it's like they're stuck between do we go on the front foot, do we sit back, and then we, we play quite pedestrian, we're quite passive, we're not creating very much. Alan Fleming continues to huff to make saves, 
you know, um, you know, there's games like the Senna's Muir game, for example, made a couple of saves there. Peter Head, he made a couple of saves there. That could have been worse than 3 0 or 2 0. So it doesn't look promising at either end of the pitch at the moment. And I think Fashes came back as well with a lot of fanfare, which is completely understandable, completely understandable. He just doesn't look fit. He just mm. that's just my opinion. I just don't think he looks fit. He doesn't look like he could run. It looks like he's holding himself back. And when the chances are presented them themselves to him, where you'd expect him to score, he's not scored. So yeah, and I think the final thing I'd say on it, there's a number of our younger players who should be kicking on this season. Healy, Walls, McManus. And I hear Healy getting a lot of stick and I understand why because he's he's a winger, he's a flair player and you know he's going to cop a lot of it. But Rogan Walsh hasn't kicked the ball this season. Conor McManus hasn't played well this season. A lot of our younger players, for the first five games, they've stagnated a little bit. So that concerns me more than anything else because those three boys in particular should be some of the best players in the league. They should be kicking on and they're not. Yeah. I, I, I watched like... Well, we'll get into Fash in, in a little bit. When I was watching the highlights, though, well, actually, but if you look at the Dumbarton lineup, when I saw that lineup, aside from maybe having Brogan Walls in, I was, and we obviously haven't seen Kieran Mitchell yet, but we would expect that he's going to come in and be a starter. But taking Mitchell out of it, you looked at that lineup against Dumbarton. I think this is the worrying thing for me. That was pretty much our full strength first choice lineup, I think. And if that's what we've got, and this is where we are, I think there has to be big alarm bells going because the transfer window's shut. Yeah, we could still loan players for the end of September. Yeah, so we're, we're okay in that sense, and still, if there's any free agents, you know, we could pick them up. But I think for me, this is the same side albeit a, a, a few better additions, if you want to look at it that way. Mm-hmm. Is the bet, um, if we have a look at Doherty, he's been by far our player of the season and looks like a really fantastic prospect at right back. He's an upgrade on Murdoch for me. And I would say maybe even better than Aaron Steele. I know it's early. Aaron Steele's a good player, but we moved him out to the right. He's definitely a better right back than Aaron Steele. I wouldn't say that he's maybe a, a better player overall, but definitely a better right back. Um, you know, they've added Brian Easton, who should be coming in with bags of experience at centre half. You know, his guys won the Scottish Cup, he's won the League Cup, right? So, um, or, or, I can't remember which one it is or both. Um, but we've added him. We've added Nathan Austin, who should be banging goals for fun in this division. Um, so we've improved in a lot of areas. The big difference between this squad and last season is Alex Ferguson's not in it, um, and he was a, a real. And I think we're really noticing the difference without him in it. But like um, Aaron touched on, a lot of our players aren't kicking on. I'm sure Conor Demana- uh, McManus at 27 or 28, Aaron, will be delighted that you call him a young player. But <laughs> well, like seven, I didn't know he was that either. I, I thought he was a young guy as well. Looks, look, looks a young guy, the handsome bastard that he is. But if we have a, if we have a look at Brogan Walls, who for me, I was convinced was, was going to leave in the summer. Healy as well, if we're, we're being candid, I thought both would go into bigger teams. You know, if they're trying to put themselves in the shop window, neither of them can stand up right now and say that they're performing at a level that's above League Two. So if they, if these guys are being watched, um, you know, they're, they're letting themselves down massively. And I think that if they're being completely honest with themselves, that that's the case, right? Um, but I don't honestly, apart from Doherty and Fleming, I don't think there's any two of these five players can say that they're playing well. 
But what what I think the issue is, I don't think it's the personnel. There, there, there's 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 something going on now. Whether it's that we're not finding the right system for the players that we've got, um, we've tried a few different formations, or whether it's that we believe their own hype a bit, which I really think happened. You know, Bookie's tipping us to be favourites to win the league, and I think that the Peterhead result should have gave us the kick up the ass. But I actually yeah. think that's a crisis of confidence. That's that's how it, it's perceived to be for me because. When we're getting ourselves into the positions where we would have scored last year when we were on that roll of amazing runs and we were blowing teams away, that that killer instinct, that like, you know, putting the sword to teams is completely gone. And we're seeing it not just by how we're playing, but our confidence in going forward. So the amount of times that I've seen um, and it's not even our strikers getting chances, by the way. A lot of it has fallen to the midfielders. Whereas, you know, you're expecting Conor Manis to just put his laces through a shot and he's and he's almost like caressing it back to the goalkeeper. You know, like if, if I'm, not that I'm a good footballer and the people that saw me at Ross's game will testify to that, but if I've got that chance inside the box and there's a barrage of bodies in front of me, I'm not going to try and cushion it in. I'm going to try and batter it, because at least if I could keep it low, there's a chance it ricochets off somebody. There's a chance that, you know, it, it does just power into the back of the net. But it just seems like we've not got anybody that's prepared to leather it. Even the, the chances that Fash has had, everything he gets, he's trying to put onto his left foot, because that's where he's more comfortable. But any players or any managers that are watching us, I'll just be saying to players, or to, to their defenders, don't let him get onto his left foot. And he can't get on to it. You know, even she- even Shepard's not getting any opportunities. I mean, Healy, in the last five games of the season, must have ballooned 10 shots over the bar. We're, we're just, we're, I think we're devoid of any ideas going forward. And I think it's lack of confidence. Well, like looking at the, the stats, we've scored twice, which puts us joint worst in the division along with, let me see, I've written this down the other side of here, along with Forfer and Clyde. Greg's made a lot of, well, we all know where the problem is, the goals aren't coming, we just need to get that confidence, we need to start scoring. And that's true, we've scored twice in five games. But we also have the second worst goals against record. So it isn't just at that end of the pitch, it's at both ends of the pitch here that we have some some serious worries. Because... it doesn't matter if we're scoring, we're still giving goals up. We maybe would have a couple more points here and there on the board from a couple of draws, but we're giving goals up as well. But in terms of the the goals that are or the chances created, Gordon, in that Dumbarton game, I think a very telling thing, there was two chances just before the hour mark. First one came in from Shepherd, second one might have been Shepherd as well. It was two beautiful balls into the box right on at the six-yard line and there was just no takers to, to put yeah. that away. So I think th- those are the two that kind of stand out to me as part of the problem and I pretty much agree with everything that Aaron and Lee have just said. If you look at look at Austin for a start, I mean, he's not he's not on form. He's not, he's not playing well. And I think particularly the thing about speed, there was one... There was one little bit of play on Saturday where he was basically standing right beside the Dumbarton defender. The ball the ball kind of broke five, six yards and the defender beat him to the ball. And it's like that little burst of acceleration just doesn't look like he's got it. Um, now, I, I 
will cut Fash a lot of slack. We all know that last season he was out a lot, and maybe he's just it's just a question of sort of getting back into it. But at the moment, I thought he was he was pretty poor on Saturday. He was pretty ineffective. So you've got him up front on his own. You've also got Healy and Shepard on the wings, who I thought didn't actually have bad games. I take the point that you know there was chances missed and all the rest of it. You know, and we're missing Ferguson as well. We don't really have that player. If you look at that lineup on Saturday, you look at the three midfielders. There was nobody playing, you know, trying to play that role where they're getting close to Fash. They're trying to be the second man in the box. And then when you look at those balls that went in the box, I think it's only Fash that's in there. Now, that that just makes it so easy to defend because mm-hmm. you've only got one guy to to watch. The ball in has got to be perfect. If there's a little ricochet or anything like that. It's not falling to an East Fife player. You know, it looked to me at times like Kieran Miller was the was playing the furthest forward. I'm not sure if we really meant to do that or whether he was just finding himself in these positions. But he, you know, he, that's not his game. He's not he's not the player that you want kind of breaking into the box, making that final pass. Do you think Greg got confused with his Kierans? Well, I mean, Mitchell Mitchell, you know, he came on for the last little bit and he. I thought he looked quite promising. Hopefully, he's going to be a good player for us. I mean, I think, you know, we made some we made some substitutions, a couple of substitutions, and the two substitutions I seen it was Mitchell and Walls coming on. I was like, right, Walls for McManus, and what I would be doing 100 percent is taking Fash off, moving Shepard into the middle, and putting Mitchell out wide. And then, you know, I appreciate maybe Shepard was knackered, but when Shepard came off, you're just like, oh, that's not the not the change you want to see because I thought Shepard was having a decent game and I thought trying him in the middle might have got us something but we are missing that that Ferguson type player now we know we've lost Ferguson but we need to figure out how and it's a bit of a balance like maybe we're going a bit more solid because we're away to Dumbarton we know they're a good team we want to keep possession we want to keep it tight but we need to figure out a way to you know get somebody Get get two men in the box when you've got these opportunities. There was just so many times where it was just one and Fash isn't on form, so, you know. I mean, th- there's a phrase that's used here a lot, which I, I actually quite like. I didn't, when I first heard it, I was like, ah, oh, but the, the straw that stirs the drink for a midfield maestro. Do we have anyone in this squad, Aaron, that can step up and take that Ferguson role? Because it is something right now that the team is screaming out for? Within the squad itself, I don't know. I mean, what I'm going to say will come back to and tie into what you've asked, but like, we made a point about, is it the system? There's been games this year where Brogan Walls has been played out on the left. He's not a left winger. Brogan Walls is not a left winger. I I see Brogan Walls as somebody who could play as like a 10, maybe that second striker if you like, somebody who could get into the box and you're talking about cutbacks, etc, balls in the box. I think there was a couple of games last year where Brogan Walls was getting himself into positions when the ball was cut back. He would get shots at goal, he'd play somebody in. Um, You know, he'd even drive forward with the ball dribbling and then he'd take the shot himself. But he's not in those positions. You know, I've seen him play on the left wing and he's standing out against the touch line and he's completely ineffective. So, in terms of that number 10, come back to the point of somebody going in there beside the striker, Brogan Walls is ideal. I think he's ideal for that. I think he's ideal for that. Yeah. And if you're a young player, and I mean, young players 
they're going to be hot and cold. They're always going to be consistent. But even more so when you're getting asked to do different jobs each week. You know, Brogan Walls has had a day where he's been number 10, the next week he's out left wing, the next week he's dropped, you know, and he's getting 20 minutes. That shouldn't be happening with Brogan Walls. Brogan Walls, for me, technically, is probably the best player we've got. Um, coming back to your point about the Ferguson role, it's hard to replace Ferguson like for like because he had such technical quality. He would take the ball in and he would he would always look to play forward. He wasn't scared of taking a risk with a pass. But I also think that because we've not had that player in that number 10 position making those runs, we've not had anybody to hit. And what's been happening in quite a few of the games is, frustratingly, I've never seen us go so much long ball. It's a bit like home. You know, there was, there was a game against, I know you're talking about them but talking about the strategies we're using, there was a game against Stenhouse Muir where we went long for about 85 minutes. Mm. And Buchanan's won everything in there and we never tried anything different. So I actually think the way we set ourselves up doesn't allow us. I don't, I, don't, I don't think it suits the players. I don't think it allows us to progress up the pitch. It doesn't allow us to create chances. It's no getting the best out of the players we've got at our disposal. Um, do we have somebody who could replace Ferguson? I don't think we do. I don't think we've got anybody that quality, to be brutally honest with you. But the fact that we're not putting walls in where he should be is limiting the forward passes for midfield. But it's like we're taking a, a domino out of the link, you know what I mean? We're taking somebody out of the chain and we're not having that option there. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's my opinion. Yeah. The, the thing with Fash, Lee, in fact, the, the, the whole squad build over the summer, I think vast majority of fans were happy with it. Bookies yeah. were obviously happy with it. We were we were favourites, and maybe they did believe the the hype a little bit too much. But as you say, that first game should have certainly brought them back down to earth. But I think everyone is happy with with the squad the way it was built, and there was just so much excitement at Fash coming back to the club. Now, how do we fix the problem though of Fash? Because you used the phrase the Fash of old, and I think that is the thing. It's like, we're used to the fash of old. Yeah. He clearly isn't the fash of old. Does he need some time like out of the, the team to get himself fit? Because I, I know it's kind of like a catch-22. How do you get yourself up to match fitness, which is totally different to just normal fitness, if you're not playing in matches? Could it's he maybe get a little run out in the U20s till he gets that match fitness up to, to speed? I'm not sure um, if he could play in the under-20s. I'd imagine so, but I think there's... The situation with fashion is a precarious one because, like you say, is, is he needs he needs games, but he's definitely not fit. Mm. I also think that the way that we're playing just now doesn't play to his strengths. Like Anne said, um, the, the long ball to Fash would have worked 10 years ago. It might even have worked five years ago. It's not going to work now. What we need to do is get the ball to his feet in the box, and we're not doing that. So he's kind of almost the scapegoat just now because yeah. people will be looking at him saying, we're not scoring any goals, we've spent all this money on Fash, yada, yada, yada. I actually feel for him a bit because mm-hmm. I kind of think that, you know, we're not really getting the ball to him in the areas that he could hurt people. Um, but equally, he's not really um, firing on all cylinders anyway. You know, we've seen against Elgin what he could do. He can get himself in the right positions if we play right, but we're not. 
So I kind of feel for Fash a little bit. But I'm going to caveat that by saying I would probably bring him out of the team. Um, not for his confidence or anything like that, but maybe just rest him. And I think that Mitchell, um, you know, the, the Wraith fans when we signed him, you know, my inbox was spammed saying that they were gutted that he'd left. You know, a lot of them thought that he was ready for championship football and could add some stuff to, to their team just now. So, I mean, he, by all accounts, he seems to be a, a decent acquisition, scored some goals in a, a Bonnie Rig team last year that, let's be honest, weren't great going forward. So the, the boys obviously got potential. This is going to sound ridiculous, but I think that we might need to just cut out the basics a little bit and go 4 4 2. Um, I would like to see Healy and Nickel both start on either wing. There are two natural wingers. Let them run at the full backs. Have two sitting midfielders, or even have um, play a diamond in midfield if we have to. And have um, I would like to see Troughton in behind the front too, because I think that that's probably his best position. I think he's the closest thing that we've got to Ferguson in terms of technical ability and being able to pick a key pass. But he's playing almost in a quarterback role just now, but he's having to pick the ball up from defence and ping a long ball. And I don't think that's his game. I think we need to decide whether we're going to play McManus um, or Miller um, in front of our back four. Or if we don't play um, like that, then we need to uh, take Trouton out and put Walls in behind the front two. But I think that trying to shoehorn them all into the middle of the park is doing nothing for us. And we need a little bit of a wake-up call with that um, to, to get the, the service to Fash or get the service to anyone. I don't care who scores the goals. We just need to yeah. start scoring now, this is going to seem a weird thing to say for someone that's meant to be clued in and everything. What formation are we actually playing just now? Because I've not really been able to work it out from the highlights. Four, 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 five, one. If you want to be, if you want to be more adventurous, you could call it a four, three, three. It's the back. That's the why back I wasn't four. sure because I was thinking, is it four, three, three? Because it's not looking like a four, three, three. I, I mean, I suppose the idea is in. You know, when when we're in possession and when we're in kind of forward areas, it's supposed to be a four three three. Right. You've got Healy. I mean, on Saturday, Healy and Shepard were wide left and wide right. You've got McManus, Miller, and Troughton, who kind of all looked like they were playing pretty much the same position, and then Fash out on his own. I, I kind of agree. I think you know, maybe we do need to go. You know, kind of try and play two up front now not necessarily two out and out centre forward but do we just need to go a bit more bit more simple go four four two and I mean it's not it's not an easy thing but it's not it's not as easy as just saying go four four two and that was all our problems but yeah I think there's maybe a way of being a bit simple and just solve some of the problems that are very obviously there right now. I don't know if Mitchell can play um kind of in a front two or whether he needs to be wide right but you've got options there mm -hmm. the, the, the thing with modern day football as well is there's so few teams it feels that actually have the two strikers and a lot of teams struggle then to know how to defend against that like the Whitecaps here have switched to two up front and it's not two out and out strikers one's Ryan Gold who's more you think of as a 10 or, or a winger and it's caused no end of problems because teams just don't know how to defend not, against it. Not played against it for years. Yeah, yeah, and they're like, Jesus, what's this? There's two strikers to have to deal with. And they've got that chemistry going. So, I mean, if, if we went with two up front, Aaron, who would be your your choice of those two? I would say Shepard plus one. 
I think when Shepard doesn't play up front with misses industry. Now Scott Shepard is not going to score 20 goals a season. He's not going to do it. But what he gives us, he gives us a work rate. He gives us a bit of tenacity up there as well. The amount of penalties that Shepard wins as well by getting to the ball first, just by simply closing somebody down, by showing a bit of desire to go after something. I think we missed it when he doesn't play up front. I think, and when we've played with the one, he's probably the only player at the club who could play up front on his own because of his work rate and his engine. So when we go back to the system, playing fashion, he's not up top. That's doing him a disservice. There is no way he could carry that workload of one player up front. But to go two up top, it would be Shepard plus one. I, I would like to see, I, I wouldn't maybe call a two up top, but I, I would certainly like to see Shepard with bro, uh, Brogan Walls in behind them. I just think Brogan Walls has got the engine to go beyond them. He could pick a pass. He could shoot. Um, you know, and, and Shepard's running will tie defenders up. Shepard will win the odd flick on here and there as well. And you've got Walls with his engine going in behind them. I think that works. You know, the, the issue I've got with Trouton is he just doesn't have the legs. He just doesn't have the legs. He doesn't have it. Um, and that, that's my concern. Don't be wrong, he's, he's technically a good player. Tries to forget a penalty kick. We know we're scoring if he's on the park. But he's not got the legs. And whether that be the deeper of the midfielders or playing further up in midfield, teams play around him far too easily because he can't cover the ground. So that would be my big concern. If we went 4-4-2, you couldn't play him as one of the two. You just couldn't do it because no. we'd get outplayed and we'd lose the space. So... Yeah, it would be Shepard plus one up front if it was two up front for me. When Triton dropped deeper last year, that was when things seemed to start to happen for us as well. And like Lee says, I do feel for Fash because he's brought he's been brought in. It's like, oh, he's the second coming. It's back. He's going to be our saviour. We're going to scoosh this league. And I think that was the, that was the general feeling. I have liked what Fash is doing, like his hold-up play, his little interplay, his little flicks inside to other people. That, of course, is not what he's been brought in to do, and he needs someone beside him if he's going to to put the ball in the net. I'm going to come to Gordon for this one first. And it's the big elephant in the room, really, I guess. I didn't want to start off by just having a look at Greg and his position as manager, but... If we feel we've got the players and everyone was happy with the squad that was built and we're thinking the system's not right, but maybe the quality is still in this team, how much do we have to look at Greg McDonald as being the best man to get the best out of this squad? Yeah, like it's going to, like we've started off the season going five games without a win and we've got two points. So that, that, that question's got to be there, and I don't think, um, I, I don't think Greg would think it's unfair to be to be kind of talking about that. Um, you know, for me, I know, I know some people might, some people might have kind of moved over that line, and are maybe starting to talk like you know they want someone else or they want him out. I'm not there yet because I think it is so early, and I think as we saw last season. You know, there there will be runs, there will be streaks, good, bad, throughout the season. I think you're looking at that next four games, though, because this is that's that'll close out the first round. Now, realistically, we've got to see an improvement in the next four games. We cannot go the next four games without a win. We are home to 
Clyde, who are home to Forfar. Um, so there's another two games, another two teams who do not have wins. Like, there you go, there's your target. Six points. We're away to Spartans, away to Bonnyrigg, who you know, are both doing pretty well. But there's four games we've got to turn this round. And if we don't turn it round in those four games, then I think you know, you've got to kind of have a serious look at it. Um, but I think I'm not, you know, I'm not there yet to say, you know, Greg's not the right man. Greg's not going to turn this round. Um, I think for as much as we're pointing out the problems against Dumbarton, as as a 90 minutes, it, I don't think it was that bad. I don't think we're, we were that far off getting something. I mean, from from what so, I saw from the highlights, it, it we played some nice stuff. Yeah. It was just the execution in front of goal, and of course yeah. the marking for the for the winner, where Crichton just manages to get away from two men to get a clear header, which is shocking at that stage of the game. I mean, that was poor. I was say the Dumbarton game on its own. I don't think it wasn't terrible. On another day, we would have got something. The five games together is clearly very poor and I think we need to see a pretty significant improvement in the next four games because if we if we play the first nine if we play everyone in the league and we're still bottom and we've no won a game I think it, it becomes pretty hard to defend at that point yeah I mean our playoff hopes would be up in smoke quicker than case <laughs> which time Oh yeah, that's true. I didn't know it. that was the third time I was reading that. I was like, oh no. And it's like, it's the third time in a year. If at first you don't succeed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right, definitely, Arn... Let's definitely not mention the word arson. No. Well, there's been enough arson about on the pitch at Bayview over the years, so we'll, we'll move on from that. Aaron, what do you, or how much do you put on Greg McDonald just now for the position that, that we're currently in? I'm, I'm kind of inclined to agree with Gordon, to be honest. It's, it is still early, but and there is a bit of, shall we say, goodwill because of how we ended last season, because of his history with the club. However, I'd be very much lying if I said there wasn't some serious alarm bells with some of the performances this season. Um the one that really got me wasn't even Peterhead at the start of the season. It, it was more the Stenhouse-Muir one that really hit me. That was the one that hit me. I know Stran ran away, 1-0 down to 10 men, blah, 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 get it. But the Stenhouse-Muir one at home really hit me because he tried playing this 4-4-2 without a right winger. It was like Healy was out on the left and then he played three centre midfielders. And... Every single time the ball got to the middle of the park and we tried to go out to the right, we couldn't go anywhere and every attack broke down because we didn't have a right winger. We were waiting on Jack Dockery running up 20, 30 yards to provide the width. And he didn't change it. That was the scary thing for me. It was so obvious but he didn't change it. And then the other one in that game, as I alluded to earlier, was that the constant long ball that Buchanan was winning every single day, that went on for about 85 minutes and we didn't change it. So they were the things that were worrying me because I've actually thought last season, towards the end of last season, I actually think Greg's been pretty flexible in games. You know, I've seen us vary things up in games. 
if someone wasn't going to plan he's made a lot of tweaks here and there to make it happen um, whereas this time we've not and that that's a concern That that's a big concern I'd actually go further and say that I think the Clyde game's massive I, I honestly think the Clyde game's massive we're at home to a side who have also not got a win they are very poor you know having heard and seen what Clyde fans have been saying on social media as well, they are not optimistic about their season whatsoever after the summer that they've had. And they're coming to Bayview. That has to be a must-win. That, 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 that for me, is a three-pointer. Um, I'm not saying it means Greg's out if you don't get three points, but I find the concerns will grow if we don't win that home game against Clyde because Bonnie Rigg have started very well. To go away to them, and that's a tricky place to go, Spartans are still on the, the high of having been promoted and have started fairly well too. You, you know what I mean? Like, I think the Clyde game is really big. I, I don't look at Bonnie Rigg and, and Spartans and think they're games that we could go and get six points from at the moment. Whereas the Clyde one at home, I'm looking and thinking we can we should be taking three points for that. But the squad we've got, we should be taking three points from that. Her home form though has just been so awful. And it's like you, you look this year and it's like 3-0 loss at home to Peterhead then a 2-0 loss to, to Steny so we, we haven't even got a point on the board the two points we've got have come away from home but that is looming as a massive game Lee and we have talked before about maybe Greg being a bit slow to, ch- to change things up have you have you seen well we saw an improvement last year and we'll come at Aggie in a sec because Aggie's name's been mentioned a, a lot but it seems to have gone back to his old ways this year. I think it's he's probably caught in a rock in a hard place because you know I think aside of the Peterhead game, although we've not played well, we've still been in the game. So if he changes it, you know, is he caught in his mind that well actually we're going to open us up and we might concede more? But every other game, you know, it's, it's only been really one goal unless somebody wants to tell me otherwise. Stenny scored right at the end. Yeah, Stenny was 93rd minute. Yeah, the second one. So he's maybe not wanted to open the game up, but I could understand why people are frustrated because I think, you know, Greg's kind of the master of his own demise right now because of the style of football we played last year. That's what people expect, right? People have renewed their season tickets based on the fact that that's the style of football that they're expecting to see and we're not seeing it. So he's kind of, you know, made the noose himself that, you know, that he's, he's going to have to sort of try and provide that that style of football again because what we're seeing now is actually what we were seeing under Stevie Crawford and it wasn't good and it wasn't nice to watch. And, you know, I adore Greg. I'll make no bones about that. But I think that he's, he's going to get it's going to become more and more difficult to justify because I think if people were seeing performances where we're really unlucky, then they could kind of go, right, okay, it's just not happening for us. But I don't think that we are being unlucky in games. You know, if if, if we were creating four or five, six clear-cut chances in games, people would be like, look, we're we're just not sticking our chances away. But we're, we're not even doing that. We're not even playing good football. And I think... You know, there's been a few times I've disagreed with Greg's post-match comments. I, I sided them bad in where I actually did think we were the better side. A lot of the games, you know, I was up at Elgin, I was away to Stranraer, you know, um, I've been to a lot of the matches and we've not been good. 
um, d- despite that being the, the sort of overall message in a few of them. So it's, it's, it's difficult, it's, it's really difficult, but I think that, you know, in training tonight and on Thursday, I'm hoping that he's, he's trying something new because, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over yeah. again and expecting different results and what we're doing right now isn't working. There's also a very fine line between being lucky and just not being good enough. If you're creating five and six chances a game and you're not taking them, that's not luck. That's just not being good enough to finish your chances. Luck is shots crashing off the post or taking a deflection off a defender that just carries it wide or cleared off the line. That's a bit of bad luck. But if you've got crosses coming into the box, like those two we talked about against Dumbarton, and you've just not got anyone there to finish them, that's not being unlucky. That's just not having the quality that you're needing on the pitch. This time last year, we looked at our squad and went, we're not good enough to win the league. Yeah. I think everybody knew that. And everybody accepted that going in. You know, I, I said to Stevie Gofford at the Q&A, you know, do you see the season a transitional season? Because everybody looking at that squad knew that we were a team in transition from coming down. Um, you know, we had a lot of youngsters. Greg's retained the majority of that squad. Um, only a few have moved on. Um, so this is his team now. So he's, you know, finally Shaw's getting cro- shot with the cross, as my as my mum would say. So, But looking at that team on paper, considering what we had last season, it's a team that should be challenging for the playoffs. Yep. We've got if quality. not the title. Yeah, I mean we've got the quality dotted around the pitch. You know, people people will look at East Fife's team and and did look at East Fife's team and go, East Fife for the top. You know, Fash we all know what he's capable of. Troughton's been a good player for a long time. McManus is a decent player. Brogan Wall's a good player. Brian Easton's a good player. Alan Fleming's one of the best goalkeepers in the division. So you look at our squad. It's not as if the ability isn't there. You know what I mean? It's, it's, we've got all the ingredients to make a good meal but what we're getting served is shite yeah that, so, I mean that brings it back round to what I was kind of getting at is Greg the right person to, to lead the squad and get the best out of the squad and I do agree with you guys I think it is maybe too early in the season to to pull the trigger on him just yet but big games looming and definitely, as Gordon said, if by the end of the first quarter we're still at the bottom and, heaven forbid, still winless as well, I think you have to then make the change. The thing I want to talk about now, though, is something a lot of fans have been bringing up. We were pretty crap for the first half of last season. We brought in Aggie. The style of football changed. Everything got a little bit better. Aggies left. Stranraer are playing some nice stuff. They're unbeaten in the top three at the moment. Is Aggie the guy that made this team, Gordon, what it was last year? I'm always a little bit sceptical when you get little stories like that. Like, um, was it used to, like, you know, just for an example, what a lot of people are saying is like, oh, you know, Michael Beale was actually the brains behind Gerard, and now he's the Rangers manager, and they want him out. There was any like, the, Gerard had brains. Yeah, but you know, the, I think you get these a lot. Like see, people see a little pattern like that, and they're yeah. like, "Oh, it must have been Aggie." Like I don't know, maybe Aggie's going to go on and become you know Stranaro of a fantastic season, 
he's a fantastic manager and he'll have a great career. Hope he does. Maybe all that will happen, but I think it's a little bit, it's always just a little bit too neat for me. And I don't always buy these <laughs> these kind of things. I mean, I suppose there's always a question. I think me and my dad talked about it at the game. We saw Stranar winning and you're a bit like, oof, like, you know, sliding doors. Could that have been us? Um, you're always going to have that. Um, but at the same time, maybe Stranar hit a wee dip and we'll see. I think that's a bit too early to tell for me. But he's doing a good job so far. What's your thoughts on Agnew, Aaron? I think it's a bit two plus two could equal five at the minute. Like I think that's pretty unfair on Greg. I think it's unfair on Paul. And I think as well there is a there are for me, I think there are three key differences to last season. And it's not Aggie. For me, Daniel at centre half missing is a massive miss. Huge if you go on with signing Brian Easton, Sam Denham was massive for us last year at centre half. Alex Ferguson in midfield is a massive miss for us. Alex Ferguson would be a massive miss for any side in League Two. So when we talk about the style of play, not that I'm defending it because I'm not, but a lot of other stuff last year went through those two. Denham would take it short for Fleming and we would try and play in the feet of Ferguson and then we'd play through the thoughts. That happened so many times for us last season. And I actually think it helped players like Trouton that Ferguson would go and take the ball and would, in any situation he would go and take it. So, you know, you could say Aggie, you know, having been a centre midfielder, has helped contribute to the development of some of the younger players in and around centre midfield. He maybe helped Ferguson's progression, perhaps, if you like. Walls' progression, perhaps. Because I did the one thing I did hear was that he's, he, he was very good with some younger players in terms of his coaching. I heard that. Um, but that doesn't equate to us going on a fantastic run with him being there and also us going on a poor run when he's not here. Um, I mean, it's an easy easy thing to look at. And as you say, it's like two and two makes five. It's like just now folk are just looking for reasons why the team is not good. And that's an easy easy conclusion to make. Now, it might be the right conclusion. Well, there's no way really of knowing that. The, the Clyde game is massive. And if we don't perform well in that and lose, you know what it's going to be like, Lee. The, the hatchets are going to be out, the pitchforks are going to be out and I can't blame them because, I mean, I'm saying wait to the end of the, the first quarter but if that is not at least a good performance I think it is hard to justify going with the status quo that something needs to change, whatever that something is. Yeah, I mean, we've not got a reputation for pulling the trigger too early. No. You know, if, if we think of any times that we've gone through some tumultuous form, you know, we've, we've never been guilty of getting rid too quick. Um, As Gavin Murray will testify to. I mean, there's there's been a few managers that have had poor spells in form. Naismith had poor, poor smell, uh, spells in form. You know, we've seen um, Dan Young had poor spells in form. Um, you know, so we've seen it happen, Crawford, you know, time and time again. I think, like like the guys have said, Greg does deserve a bit of slack because he, he turned that squad around last year. It took him some time. Now, bear in mind, I think Greg got one win in 10 yeah. um, when he got the job permanently last year, but then ultimately kicked us on. 
But I think that the issue is, is, is maybe he did get a pass from a lot of people because it wasn't his team. This is his team now. Um, I really hope he can turn it around. Um, I really, really do. Um, I, I really want him to. Um, but, you know, the, the, the Clyde game for me, and and not forgetting the Clyde game, the Albion Rovers game is a big one as well, right? Because it's a, an opportunity to progress in a cup. It's more money financially for the club. Albion Rovers are a team um, that we should beat. You know, oh yeah! Months. Like if they don't beat Albion Rovers, it's like I'm talking about the Clyde game. It's like the pitchforks will be out super early. Yeah. And look, I can understand people people's frustration with that, and I'm sure like Greg's not a, a daft guy. In fact, quite the opposite. Um, he'll understand and know um, that the fans are are going to be on his back for that. But it's it's up to him and his coaching team to, to find a way to fix that. You know, you know, fa- fans like I've said a million times, myself included, are fickle. Um, you know, if, if we get four wins on the bounce and we're shooting back into the playoff positions and, you know, the, or we, we end up in the playoffs by some divine miracle between now and the end of the season and win it and go up, how many people are going to turn around on social media and go, I was really wrong about wanting to sack you at the start of the season? People are very quick to say, I told you so, but not very quick to do it the other way around. Yeah. So I think that you can understand why fans are in the, the position and the mindset that they are um, at the end of 90 minutes on Saturday um, and, you know, away to Stranraer and away to Elgin. Um, you know, I, I probably didn't disagree with them, but when you take your, the, the raw emotion out of it, you know, do, do we give them the, the time? Um, you know, I would say that he's got the 10 games um, that, that the other guys are saying, but, I mean, the Albion Rovers one on Saturday for me is, is, is a should win. And and it's a, a chance to create that catalyst for change. You know, if if the strikers go in and get a couple of goals against Albion Rovers and we win say three or four nil, it might be the difference between right going into the game against Clyde on the back of a win and being buoyed, rather than we've had a difficult game and we've only scraped a one nil win or a, a draw. Or, you know, worst case scenario got got beat and then going into a game against Clyde who who beat us um, last season when we played them. So. It's it's difficult. Um, it really is difficult, and, and by all means, it's it's not fun to be an East Way fan right now. This Albion Rovers game, Gordon. It's like how do you approach it? Greg spoke about it's a it's a chance to maybe get a result and spearhead the the season. It's also maybe a chance to try a few things, but at the same time, you don't want to try too much and then lose, and then you've just added more pressure on your back. It's a tough one. For him to approach, for me, like I appreciate what Lee's saying. It's a cup. It's there's presumably some money in there. I don't know how much money there is. Depending on which round you get to, personally, don't care about the Challenge Cup. So that's from my point of view, um, and maybe from a lot of fans' point of view, it's a bit of a free hit in terms of the result. So I would definitely use this as a bit of a an opportunity to try something like maybe with a bit less fear than you would in a league game. Like if the Clyde game was next, we'd be looking at as a a must win. Like if we don't win that game, we're stuck at the bottom. Um, So for me, the Clyde game is a must win. So let's look at the Clyde game. And if it was me, that's an opportunity to think about what we can do, what needs changed. Albion Rovers game is a practice run for the Clyde game. Let's try some stuff. If it doesn't, if it doesn't all come off, fine. 
um, like we should we should have enough to beat Albion Rovers. I think even if we are trying out a new system, trying out you know moving a couple of players in and out, we should have enough to beat them. So let's just kind of wipe the slate clean a bit, try something, and if it works, take it into the Clyde game. That, that's the way I would be looking at it. Um, I'm not going to be I'm not going to be too angry or disappointed if we go out or don't blow them away or anything like that. What about you, Aaron? What would you like to to see from this Albion Rovers game? Performance, some sort of hope. I think being very basic here, but I don't want to see Flyman having to make five or six saves. I'd like to see their goalkeeper making five or six saves. Or picking the ball at the back of the net. Um, it, I, I get it. It's an opportunity to try things. I think it's an opportunity to get it right. Is, is the way to look at it. It's an opportunity to get it right without the pressure. You know, it, I think he, he, he needs to stop trying to shoehorn players into certain positions and give us a balanced side. Whether that's four four two, four two three one, three five two. I don't know. I don't care. But he needs to find a way to get a balanced side because right now I think we've been too imbalanced in all the games he's trying to shoot one player in and it's a chance for him to get it right it's a chance to build confidence so you go into that Clyde game on a bit of a roll and a bit more upbeat as opposed to going into it like we kind of alluded to earlier about going into it I'm making a wee bit you know even not getting a result against Albion Rovers I, I take your point, Gordon, about the Challenge Cup not being that important, but I think it's a chance to go out and put a performance that we've no had this season. We need to go and do it. Because um, I think the pressure that's going to come with this Clyde game, if we don't, is going to ramp up even more so if performance doesn't come this Saturday. Um, yeah, I, 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 want to, I want to see us play well. I, I want to see our performance... I also want to see a bit of desire as well. Like it's not been mentioned yet, but maybe I'm alone in this, but I've seen a few players this season pull out tackles. I've seen a few players this season pull out headers, duck. Go and fight for the fucking badge. Like go and show that you care to play for this club. Um go and show that you understand what it matters to the fans that are in the crowd and the local community. Go out and try and fight for it. Because I don't think that's been there this season so far in the games that I've been at. I don't think it has. I think we've been a bit powder puff. So I, I think it's about taking the bull by the horns this game against Albion Rovers, dominating. Like we dominate the ball, we dominate Albion Rovers. They don't, don't come here and dominate us, we dominate them. And you try and build confidence going into that game against Clyde. We've spoken about that a lot, Lee. It's if the fans are seeing the players leaving everything on the pitch. The results hurt, but you yeah. can justify it a little bit. It's like, well, they've given everything. Yeah, and, and look, I, I think it would be unfair to say that the players haven't fought to the end in every game because they have. Um, you know, I, I don't think that anybody could accuse the team of not trying, um, you know, or anything like that but you know in the Steny game I remember there was one moment that I think it was Conor McManus went steaming into a tackle and put in a great tackle and you're like yes like you want to know what show us that you're fighting for it you know like 
it's it's almost as if the, the, a, a few of the players think, oh, we're too good to to be doing that, or I don't need to do that. Well, actually, you do. See at home, see if the crowd are on your back. Which let's get let's be honest, and we've said that a million times. The crowd at Bayview, if you're not winning or you lose a goal, will turn on you in a sixpence. Hundred percent happens. I don't think anybody here would would deny that's the case. But we're very easily won back. You've got a chance to to go straight into a player and win the ball back eh, or, or just leave one on them. You get the fans showing that you're fighting for it and they'll turn and support you. But there's not been any of that. Aaron's bang on. You know what I mean? Something that Greg was renowned for was being able to put in a, a good hard tackle. And I just don't think that there is anybody that's got that nature. Stuart Murdoch used to be that player. and I think he's been very poor again this season. Um very, very poor. He's, he's a player that I would have probably have said I'd have been happy to see go at the, the end of last year. Um, but again, now, now he's playing left back because Liam Newton went out of form. Um, so it's, I don't know. There's, like I say, there's, there's something missing just now and we just need to fix it and fix it quick. Well, I found out that footystats.org actually have XG stats for Scottish League 2, but it's behind their premium site. So if any of our listeners happen to have a Footy Stats premium account for whatever reason, someone can delve into that for us. I just thought I'd have a quick look just now. We, We won't talk too much more about stuff just now. Having a look at the table obviously doesn't make happy reading. The bottom four, though, so four for Clyde Elgin and ourselves, all still winless. And then you've got a little bit of a gap then developing, which itself is concerning at any time of the season. Then Bonnie Rigdon, Barton and Stranraer at the top are are all unbeaten. Now, there's a lot can change, but it has to start coming soon because the teams that haven't won any games are going to start to be playing each other. Like East Fife's going to be playing Clyde. And then you're going to have Clyde and Elgin the week under that. So... What you don't want to do is let Clyde suddenly kickstart their season and then they start to pull away as well. So some just, some big, big times ahead. Just bringing things into perspective, right? Dumbarton were 12 points clear at one step, you know, the early stages of last mm. season and shat the bed. Yep. It's, it's, it's too early to, to really read too much into the results. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be worried because I think we should be. Um, you know, I, I don't think that we could we could say that you know there's nothing to worry about. I'm just saying that trying to bring things into some sort of positive light is there's still a lot of points to play for. And look, if we could get things to click, we like I say, we've got a very good side with good players that can blow teams away. But we just need to you know put our finger on what it is that's missing. Now, like I say, that that loan market is a open until the end of September. I hope we're not looking at our squad and think it's a finished article because it's not. Um, you know, we brought in Mitchell, which is great, but he's only there till January as well. So he's not alone until the end of the season. It's only until January. You know, I think that we, we desperately need some creativity in midfield. We still need a left back. And we've been saying that for ever, it feels like. Um, you know, I think that Newton didn't start the season the way it ended last season um, and a lot of times particularly against Elgin got an absolute doing um, 
Murdo has actually played better since he went to left back, but you know it's not his natural position. He's got to shift the ball on his right foot. He can't offer us anything going forward, whereas Doherty can. He can get forward. Any time that Murdo gets the opportunity to go forward, he's dispossessed and leaves a huge gap behind him, um, which has caused us issues in pretty much every game, unless any of the guys want to correct me. So I still think that we should be trying to dip into the market for a left-back. Um, but equally, I think that there's some players in our squad that if we could put them out on loan um, to, to make the space in the squad, I think that we've got the ability to do so. Um, you know, I think that the potentially the boy Comerford could could go out on loan. Um, although we do, we would then need cover at centre half. Shivoni, I think, has had the opportunity to prove he's capable of this level, and I just, I, I, I it's going to sound harsh, but I, I don't think he's cut out for for League Two. Um, oh, we've got a song. I know that's that's, that's the worst part, and he he shows flashes of it, but you know, I've watched him a lot. And there's a player there, but I I don't think it's a League Two player. Make the call when I am. So make the call with Shiv. Hmm. Gordon, some closing thoughts from you about the state of the team right now. It's difficult because I think yeah, we're not we're not a bad team. It's in terms of League Two, we've got some good players in there. It could be better. Agreed. Agreed with Lee. I would hope that we are looking at putting in one or two players on loan um, before the, the window shuts. I mean, it's, all, it's always difficult you know, when you're talking about things like mentality, about, about confidence or fight or whatever. It's, it's always difficult without kind of knowing knowing what the, what the group's like and what they're feeling like. But it definitely feels like it's a good squad. There's changes we can make. We've just got to find the right, you know, we've just got to click. We've just got to find the system, the way of playing that, that suits us because, you know, we kind of talked about that. We talked about Fash before, not, you know, Fash of 10 years ago, Fash of five years ago, but I don't even think Fash of five or 10 years ago was a, you know, a, a one up top target man type player. So I think there's some pretty obvious problems. It's just a matter of finding the solutions. Uh, but I don't. I think there's there's still time. I'm, I've still got confidence. But we'll see. Aaron, any final thoughts from you about just the state the club's in at the moment? Just similar. I, I think if we're just going to hit the nail on the head, they're underperforming. That, that, that's 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 the nail on the head. They're underperforming. There's a squad there who, in my opinion, when you go through it player for player, should be challenging you at the top of that league. Top four. You know, it's very early doors. And as we know, you know, one win, two wins could be the catalyst for a run of form and a surge up the league. Whilst other teams will beat each other. I, I don't see it being like last season. And, you know, I'll <laughs> maybe look pretty silly at the end of the season coming but I don't see there being a Sterling Albion who are going to run away with this league. I, I don't think that'll happen. I think teams will take points off each other. So there is still time there, but I think the next couple of games are massive. I think they're absolutely massive. Um, And I think if we get to nine games in, having played everybody, and we're still winless, 
I don't like saying it because I don't. I, I like giving managers time. I believe in that. I do still have faith in Greg, believe it or not. I do. But I do think if we have not got a win on the board after nine games, I think questions do need to be to be asked. And I think I think he would understand that. I, I think that's pretty obvious. Yeah. I just like that you two guys mentioned there's still time, which is also the name of my podcast out here. So thanks for the, the plug. The I, I agree pretty much with everything Aaron said there. It's like, this is not a squad that should be bottom of the table. It's not a squad that should be bottom half of the table. This is a, a squad that should be top four at least. And they should be challenging for the top. If they can't turn things around... Serious questions have to be asked as to why that is, and if it's Greg that has to fall for it, then as sad as we would be to see him go, I think uh, that might be the change, that might be the catalyst that, that sparks something different. Who you get to come in, of course, is the, the other big question. A couple of former East Five bosses' new positions this week. Stevie Crawford's gone to Resyth, which was a very strange downward spiral for him, it kind of felt, and Barry Smith has gone to Elgin City today. So interesting appointments there. Were you as surprised as me that Crawford's ended up at Resyth? That's got to be bad. Yeah. He must just be bored. It's the only thing I can think of. But um, Ori's applied for a couple of jobs that he's not got. Um, Ori's still getting gardening leave money from Dundee United. Who knows? But... That was That's... very, very strange. Tam Courts as well still. Sorry, what was that? That's when he started his career, apparently. Was I? Martin Rennie, that was in charge of Falkirk last year, was a player for Resyth back in the day. That was the highest that he had played football-wise and then became a manager over here, was manager of Falkirk. It's like... How long something. was he manager of Falkirk for? Six months, I think. He always said it was a transitional job for him. He wanted to get back to doing stuff over here, but don't I think how he performed there didn't help him. Um, let, let's finish on something positive. Lee, Your the commercial. Results. What? Your chlamydia results. Yeah, they're positive. <laughs> Congratulations. I, should, I shouldn't have gone to the Women's World Cup. Too many sexy koalas down there. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Hugging them all. Um, Lee, the commercial stuff at the club, it's going from strength to strength. Huge success with the beach towels that I think may have now sold out. Yeah. So, um, if anyone's listened to this before Saturday, which hopefully you are, good hospitality package as well for the Albion Rovers game. 25, I was going to say bucks, 25 pounds. And it's a nice brunch and you get to see the game, which is the downside. And then you get the, the halftime stuff as well. That seems like a good deal. Any other commercial stuff you want to chat about? I think that the, the big thing is, is, is kudos to, to Scott Young, who's doing fantastic stuff with the club shop. You've got like the new Dippy Egg boards, which are just something quite new and different. I think they'll probably be more of a, a sort of Christmas present sort of idea, but we're, we're trying to be innovative in, in the, the products that we're, we're bringing into the, the, the shop. So just keep your eyes peeled. Um, we've got the commercial Facebook and Twitter pages now. So if you just type in your respective social media, East Fife commercial, you'll see some of the stuff that we're bringing in. And look, if there's something that you want to see in the shop, you know, I've said this a few times now, then, then get in touch. I suggested... Alan Fleming branded condoms. Okay. 
I forget, I forget what I, my tagline was, but that was my suggestion. I was wait, waiting for the waiting for the punchline. There. I can't Can remember what my tagline was. I was like, oh, there was a reason that I, I had suggested that. Now I can't remember what it was. Yeah, I'm going to go for the method of our players um, a lot of the times and just pull out. Ah. <laughs> uh, you also put something else out on social media as well, um, on your OnlyFans page, but we won't go into that. You were looking for some more verses to be written for our, our theme tune. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that the the amount of people that stop me at Bayview and be like, you know, can I get the song on Spotify, blah, 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 blah. And it's, it's not up to me. Um, it's yeah. really not. So it's not our just, song. No. Give, to give them their due, it's the uh, Doug Perry, Ewan Masson, and the other guys who I can't remember, um, band Got Got Need. And they, they very kindly wrote the, the theme song for us. And I always kind of feel almost like the little Brit, and, you know, write the theme tune, sing the theme tune. But, you know, I think that there is only... Uh, the the one version the chorus but um, we had a few really good responses um to that on on social media so they're doing their their job for them but yeah I think we speak for everybody we want that um available to stream and that'll yes. probably be our biggest downloaded song so just get it done guys I I've also remembered why I, I went with the Alan Fleming condoms and the tagline was to be when you want to be in safe hands there you go we'll see what we could do yeah. So, we just go round everyone one last time. Any final thoughts, Gordon? Anything funny caught your eye in the last few weeks? Um, I'm, I'm, I've been looking at the League One table here because we were talking about Falkirk and I was like, oh, how are they doing this year? And it caught my eye that uh, Edinburgh City, they're on zero points. They're struggling. That's quite funny. Cove Rangers struggling. That's quite funny. Billy Brown. Um, what's that? Billy <laughs> Brown. He's struggling. But, um, to, to end on a positive note, I suppose we haven't mentioned it yet, Scotland game on Friday. Yes. That's a team that I support where I actually look forward to the games now. You can make it five wins out of five. Come very, very close to qualifications. So looking forward to that one. I mean, they need Ryan Gold in there. But aside from that, Johnny he, he's, he, he, he's up for MVP things. I think he might get outvoted by Messi. But <laughs> he is the Scottish Messi. We've got all the messes over here. We've, apparently, Shakiri's called the Alpine Messi. I'd never heard that before. It's just, I don't know who I would be the... said it, Michael. <laughs> I don't know who would be the East Fife Messi. I, 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 I don't know who the East Fife Mess is, but... <laughs> anyway, Arne, any final thoughts from you? Anything funny caught your eye recently? Not so much funny that caught my eye, but I was watching the... I suppose made a bit of a fool of myself on Sunday watching the Man United Arsenal game um, when Garnacho scored. So my wife's going to listen and she doesn't know this. So basically I was downstairs and my next door neighbour is a massive Arsenal fan and he had, I think, the whole of Glen Office in his back garden. And Garnacho scored and I've ran into my kitchen towards the back garden, like, squealing, like, actually squealing. But I fell. (laughs) (laughs) And I kept going with it. And I didn't really notice them all cheering in the garden. They had the game on. And I'm still screaming. I didn't realise 
it was offside. That backfired quite spectacularly, to be honest with you. And it was only in hindsight when I heard them cheering in the garden, which was obviously at me, because I was a bit over the top, that, yeah, I was like, fucking idiot. So, yeah, that that was was a, a funny but embarrassing moment for myself. Please tell us there's video footage of that. I hope not. I hope not. But I can assure you my voice broke several times when I thought he'd scored and then it was a slip in the kitchen. So, yeah, yeah, not great. I've known Aaron's wife for a very, very long time and you better believe I'm going to message her to see if she's got like <laughs> in the kitchen or something like that. <laughs> now, were you cheering on Sunday, Lee? I don't like football anymore. I actually think I put on Twitter, fuck football. Um, <laughs> my, uh, my tagline, everybody I support is absolutely guff. Um, but like Gordon says, I'll, and here's my um, let's all laugh at. Um, I have booked to take my lovely wife out for her birthday um, on Friday night to a nice Indian restaurant in Dunfermline at quarter to eight for getting that Scotland play Cypress. <laughs> So I had, I had a last minute save, like we're about to make plans for Friday, but something at the back of my head was like Friday, Friday, no, something going on. So at the last minute I saved it, cancelled plans, move them. Yeah, I can't move my wife's birthday, which is really selfish of her, um, to be perfectly honest. But yeah, um, I'll have I'll have the text alerts on. It's Cyprus. To be fair, I was at the the, the home leg of the the Cyprus game. Um, and it was not good watching, um, so I'm probably not missing myself too much. Let's be honest. We'll probably get me. No, no, no. Just get her told. I've missed Caitlin's birthday loads in the last few years because I've been out commentating on her birthday. She's fine. Like, she has a birthday every year. How often yeah. does Scotland qualify for a European Championship? <laughs> yeah, and like there's a whole afternoon you can spend the whole day with her. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Um, and as I'm looking at you the next time, I'll be getting you to help me write my Tinder profile when I get divorced. <laughs> it off. Get Alan Fleming condoms with you. Yeah. <laughs> get them ordered now. You might need them. I'll be getting fucked either way. So. <laughs> I, I, I keep saying you're looking up. Is Rachel standing there? Not right now, but she is with an earshot. So. Okay. Happy birthday. Hope you have a wonderful day and uh Lee treats you the way that you deserve to be treated. I'll just leave that vague. Well, she said thanks, Michael. I don't know if you heard that. <laughs> She's always been my favourite, Gillis. I don't have much competition. Well, she doesn't have much competition. Let's no. be anyway, let's wrap it up for now. We will be back with another episode soon. I'll probably be MIA for a, a few more of these ton of commentary that I've got coming up over the weekends. We might bring them out maybe more midweek. We'll, we'll see how it goes anyway. But we will be back with another episode soon. Until then, thanks for listening. Keep the faith and mon the fife. Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better. All conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I 
Once 